0: Welcome to episode 167. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHAA. And joining me for this week's discussion is Senior Workplace Relations Consultant Emma Scott. Welcome, Emma. Thanks, Stuart. So once again, we're in lockdown uh, lockdown mode, so we're gonna have to improvise when it comes to clues. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna show you three clues and hopefully by the end of it, you're gonna be able to identify the subject for today's discussion. Are you ready for clue number one?
1: Yep, I am.
0: Clue number one is now on screen.
1: Okay, I think I've got it.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: it looks like some kind of a sleigh. So I'm thinking reindeers and um christmas public holidays
0: that's not a bad guess i thought when you said slay you were going to go to music and slayer or something like that but uh it's not christmas public holidays that takes us to clue number two
1: Mm. so i'm not actually quite sure what that is but it looks something to do with electronics and like breakable so not sure about the topic but in terms of enterprise agreements something to do with biomedical engineers
0: that is a valiant attempt, but it's way off the mark. That is, in fact, a flux capacitor, which is, uh, well, used for a particular purpose, uh, but also has some subsidiary purposes in the, in that you can use it to press flowers or hold down a piece of paper and stuff like that. I think that takes us to clue number three.
1: Okay. So I know what that is. That's from Back to the Future, and it's the car that might have used, I think, to travel, um, I can't remember, back in time or to the future. So um i did see in the paper recently something about how um, a physicist has actually worked out that theoretically time travel can happen so i'm thinking the enterprise agreement for um medical physicists
0: wow that is that is quite a leap but within that answer you actually hit the nail on the head today we are talking about time travel and in fact we're discussing a recent uh, full bench decision of the fair work commission that found that time travel is sadly not possible um, i'll leave it to you to break the news to that uh, that particular scientist um, that said not all time machines are DeLoreans. sometimes they look like this
1: so the full bench decision that we're discussing today is a simplot australia um, versus amwu um now spoiler alert, what's the actual outcome of that decision
0: so, in September 2020, the full bench of the Commission concluded that it had no jurisdiction to deal with a dispute under an enterprise agreement that was no longer in operation, regardless of whether the dispute was on foot at the time the agreement ceased operation.
1: So, providing some um, background, was that a case an appeal because of a single member um, decision? And if it was, what actually happened in the first instance?
0: Uh, Well, it was. The alleged dispute concerned a refusal to convert two casual employees to permanent positions pursuant to the terms of a 2014 agreement.
1: So what uh, happened?
0: The parties participated in conciliation, but they were unable to resolve the dispute. On 26 November 2018, the applicant union requested that the matter proceed to arbitration.
1: So the parties had also bargained an enterprise agreement?
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing, Uh, and that agreement was approved by the Commission on 3 December, uh, a week after the request for arbitration, and obviously um, seven days after that approval, the new agreement commenced operation.
1: So what was so significant about that new 2018 um, agreement commencing operation?
0: So Section 58 of the Fair Work Act provides that only one enterprise agreement can apply to an employee at a particular time, and the issue is what impact the, the 2018 agreement coming into operation had on a dispute under the 2014 agreement.
1: So given we're talking um, about disputes in that um, particular question, where does the Commission actually derive their powers to deal with disputes?
0: Yeah, so you've got to go to part uh, six uh, uh, two of the Fair Work Act uh, to find uh, sort of the outline of powers for the Fair Work Commission in dealing with disputes, and in particular, Section 738, which provides as follows. Uh, The division applies if a modern award includes a term that provides a procedure for dealing with disputes, uh, including a term in accordance with section 146, or an enterprise agreement includes a term that provides a procedure for dealing with disputes, including a term referred to in subsection 186, uh, uh, subsection six. So the
1: 2014 agreement that the dispute was under included such a term?
0: It did. It included a term that gave power to the Commission to deal with disputes.
1: So what was the impact of the 2018 replacement agreement becoming operation, operational and the proceedings, the initial proceedings?
0: So as a result of the new agreement becoming operational, the employer submitted that the Commission no longer had jurisdiction to hear and determine the dispute that had been referred to it under the 2014 agreement.
1: What did the applicant contend?
0: that the cessation of the operation of that earlier 2014 agreement didn't affect the Commission's authority to continue to hear the application under the agreement.
1: So back at the um initial um, decision in the first instance?
0: At first instance, it was held that the Commission had jurisdiction to hear and decide uh, an application as the, employee, the employees had what was referred to as an accrued right uh, to have the Commission continue to hear and determine their application.
1: So you mentioned accrued um, right. What does that actually um, mean for employees having that?
0: Yeah, so the decision provided that since jurisdiction had been validly enlivened uh, by the term of the 2014 agreement consistent with Section 739 of the Fair Work Act, which states if in accordance with the term, the parties have agreed that the Fair Work Commission may arbitrate, however described the dispute, the Fair Work Commission uh, may do so. So having found that it was it had been validly pushed the button that that uh, right continued.
1: So what was the legal basis of that decision?
0: Yeah, so there's no express reference uh, in the Act to the idea of an accrued right. Uh, Rather, what was put was that there was nothing in the Act that indicated that Parliament intended through Section 58 or elsewhere to displace the presumption that accrued rights endure.
1: So uh, in the first instance, that was actually accepted by the Commission?
0: yeah it was um the commission found that clear words are required to remove rights that have accrued so that if the right to have a dispute heard and determined when it was validly commenced is to be extinguished that you would need clear words uh, to achieve that result so
1: of course that's not the end of the decision it was appealed by the full bench
0: Went to a full bench, and the question before the full bench was whether the Commission had jurisdiction to deal with the dispute under the disputes procedure in an enterprise agreement that had ceased to operate.
1: So the union contended that the enterprise agreement referred to in Section 738 of the Fair Work Act included the inoperative 2014 agreement?
0: Yeah, it was argued that an agreement is is made when it comes into existence when approved by the employees. Uh, At this point, the agreement exists as a thing in fact. Uh, which therefore has a life and status uh, before it's approved by the Commission and before becoming operative. That was the argument. Mm
1: -hmm. So what does the Act um, say about the operation of an Enterprise
0: Agreement? Well, the Act puts it differently uh, under Section 54 and provides that an Enterprise Agreement approved by the Fair Work Commission operates from seven days after the agreement is approved, or if a later day is specified, the later day, and it ceases to operate under certain circumstances.
1: So what were the observations that the full bench um, made in their appeal decision?
0: So the Commission stated that the interpretation contended by the union couldn't be supported. Section 52 defined when an agreement applies to a person. Section 53 explains when an enterprise agreement covers a person. And Section 54 sets out when an enterprise agreement is in operation. One agreement applies at a time.
1: I it was also argued that after an agreement ceases to operate, um, that the Commission can continue to deal with disputes and impose binding um, outcomes. How did the full bench actually respond to that argument?
0: The short answer is no. Uh, an enterprise agreement does not give a person an entitlement unless the agreement applies to the person. Uh, in this case, the 2018 agreement had wholly replaced the 2014 agreement.
1: So what did the full bench um, actually find?
0: full bench of the commission found on appeal that if an enterprise agreement has ceased to operate the source of the commission's powers as a private arbitrator ceases to exist uh, to put it as the full bench to the union's construction is innovative but wrong
1: mm-hmm. so in the original um, decision the single member stated that the dispute dealt with um I think matters entirely in the past and was therefore governed by the 2014 agreement how was that statement actually dealt with on appeal?
0: The full bench commented uh, that on any view, an inoperative agreement can't apply to anyone because the application of an agreement is dependent on its operation. The 2014 agreement applied to employees in the past, but it doesn't apply to anyone now, Uh, nor did it apply at the time of the the decision in the first instance. So the Commission uh, was not exercising power in the past. It was exercising power in the present.
1: So what was the outcome of the appeal?
0: so the full bench concluded that the original decision was affected by error due to misapplication of the act and wrongly concluded that uh, the commission had jurisdiction to determine the application
1: so where does that uh, leave employees after an enterprise agreement has been replaced um are there any other provisions um that deal with like any particular legal action irrespective of the operation of an agreement
0: and there's, there's a point here we're going to come back to with regards to allied health professionals in particular, but generally speaking, uh, yes, there are uh, options available for breaches of, of previous agreements. Section 50 of the Fair Work Act continues to operate, which states that a person must not contravene a term of an enterprise agreement, and that's a civil remedy provision.
1: So what does um, a civil, civil remedy provision actually mean?
0: Uh, A civil remedy provision is a provision of the Fair Work Act that, if breached, means that a person can apply to a court for a financial penalty Mm -hmm. against the alleged wrongdoer. So, Section five four four of the Fair Work Act outlines a six-year time limit on applications. Now, it's also worth pointing out that a a new agreement may have the same term as an old agreement. It's possible that a new dispute could arise and be pursued under the new agreement. Mm -hmm. And in the case of the allied health professionals agreement, I think it expressly refers to. Old disputes. Uh, I'm not sure how that would be viewed by by the commission, but it's actively turned its mind uh, to that issue.
1: Mm. So it might be that um, under the new Enterprises Agreement, if it does have a particular clause that allows a dispute to continue under the existing clause, that um, it the the case doesn't really have any relevance, um, and that it could still apply.
0: Yeah, that's that's absolutely possible. I mean, certainly, it's seeking to have that effect, uh, and um, those terms are all about giving the commission power, and and what that, what that um, variance in terms of, uh, in, with respect to terminology, is is trying to do is give the commission power. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. What about any other thoughts um, about the decision with members?
0: I guess, um, notwithstanding that this particular dispute has fallen over uh, for want of jurisdiction, bringing proceedings in a court. Which is the alternative, in many instances, is often a long road. And the path of seeking arbitration by the Commission under a disputes procedure in an enterprise agreement is generally simpler and quicker than going to court. Uh, so yes, members should be mindful that of, of whether there is jurisdiction for a dispute. That can be that's obviously very important, particularly if you're heading to arbitration. But that said, leaving court action is the only way to resolve a dispute should be avoided. Uh, and yes. Uh, at a time when agreements are being replaced, as they are during the course of this year, uh, this might provide incentive to all parties to resolve disputes more quickly and efficiently than they ordinarily would.
1: It seems uh, quite reasonable. Uh, well, thank you for the uh, summary today of the case. Uh,
0: absolutely, my pleasure, Emma. I'm just going to step outside to my DeLorean, travel uh, one week into the future and watch this podcast. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it immensely. Thanks, Emma.
1: Thanks, Stuart. I just
0: like the I
1: I I